Today we celebrate the feast of St. Mary Magdalene. It was three years ago that Pope Francis raised this memorial, which is known as Obligatory Memorial, to the ranks of the feast. And when he announced that, he wished to proclaim, which the tradition has already proclaimed, Mary Magdalene as the, the announcer of good news, the apostle herself. She is the one who was first to announce the good news that Jesus has risen. To honor her, Holy Father said, she more than deserves to have a feast. She more than deserves to, to be acknowledged and honored in a special way. And so today, the church celebrates the feast of St. Mary Magdalene. I think if we were to ask the question, who was she? I don't know, perhaps some of you have seen that movie, The Chosen, and she appears prominently there. From the very beginning, when the Lord expels demons from her, seven demons. But the church's tradition goes more, not only that she is one of those who accompanied Jesus throughout his ministry. She assisted him, them, how the scripture doesn't say, but meaning assisted whatever, whatever men who don't know how to cook perhaps needed, who did not know how to take care of things needed. But it's not the, her role. Her role was to be a witness. The role was to be a witness. From the very beginning, she was a witness because the minute the Lord healed her, expelled demons from her, and the church's tradition would even go further, she was the one who cried at the feet of Jesus, wiping her, washing her feet with tears and wiping her with his feet with hair. The church's Western tradition associated her as well. It sees in her someone who loved, someone who loved beyond anyone else, someone who truly loved. And this is why that first reading comes from Song of Songs, because it's the bride says, the bride says, the church, the people, but we, those who love the Lord, who wish to be with him. But it is this, from the Song of Songs, this, this bride who says, on my bed at night I sought him, whom my heart loves. I sought him, but did not find him. My heart loves him. He was crucified. She was under the cross. She knew he died. The image of Mary Magdalene at night, longing for him, wanting to see him, desiring to perhaps even to not only see him, but also be there with him to touch him. But I sought him, but I did not find him. I will, I will rise then and go about the city. In the streets and crossings, I will seek him whom my heart loves. She speaks to the gardener. The tomb has been opened. The stone has been rolled away. She asked the gardener, where did you take him? Do you know where you put him? Where you laid him? I will come and get him. I'm seeking in the streets and crossings, as the scripture says, I seek him whom my heart loves. I sought him, but I did not find him. The watchmen came upon me as they, as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen him, the one whom my heart loves? It is this longing, the longing, the love, 
that is manifested longing, the love that is manifested in seeking, the love that is manifested in desire to know, to be with, to stay close, to find. That's the nature of, of love. And then as the first reading says, I had hardly left them when I found him whom my heart loves. I hardly left the gardener. And then she sees Jesus, the one who speaks to her. says, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She did not recognize the voice of Christ when he spoke to her woman. Why are you weeping? But she did recognize his voice when, she, when he said to her, Mary, called her by name. She realized who he was. This longing, which is for us given for our meditation, this word longing, thirsting, wishing, desiring, is what we are all, all ought to be. The Lord, we also look for him, we also desire him. I know someone who experienced um, deep dark of the soul, someone who experienced, you know, because he himself knows that um, that he desires to to come to know God, he realized that he has not always been faithful. And so God's invitation is to take us through the dark nights, to allow us to experience the emptiness, allow us to experience to experience a cold-heartedness. He allows us to experience that which we would wish but we don't have and desire. And then sometimes God gives us this. God allows us to experience so we begin to long it is in desire. I want what I had before. But what God wants to do is strip us away at times, strip us away of things which are not really of him, strip us of things that we, where we follow the divided heart. We don't really, really say yes to him. We're sort of kind of sitting on two chairs, moving from one chair to the other. So sometimes the Lord allows us to go through this darkness because then we have to choose him. So nothing, nothing makes sense. Nothing gives us that fulfillment or happiness, nothing. We are brought to that moment where everything is stripped so that we may be, be longing for him and receive that longing where heart, our heart is expanded. And so here, when we look at Mary Magdalene, we see not only that love, but also that desire, longing to come to know him. It's really beautiful. Uh, to read from the homily uh, by St. Gregory the Great, who lived in the 500s. And he says, you know, when Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and did not find the Lord's body, she thought it had been taken away and so informed the disciples. After they came and saw the tomb, they too believed what Mary had told them. The text then says, and disciples went back home but it adds, but Mary wept and remained standing outside the tomb. Yes, the disciples go, they see an empty tomb. John believes that he is risen, but they don't see him. But Mary wants to stay. She's there because of that love. We should reflect on Mary's attitude and the great love she felt for Christ. For though the disciples had left the tomb, she remained. She was still seeking the one she had not found. And while she sought, she wept. Burning with the fire of love, she longed for him whom she thought had been taken away. 
very, very powerful insights which Pope Gregory the Great is offering us for a reflection today. And so it happened that the woman who stayed behind to see Christ was the only one to see him. For perseverance is essential to any good, and the voice of truth tells us, whoever perseveres to the end will be saved. At first she sought him but did not find, but when she persevered, it happened that she found what she was looking for. When our desires are not satisfied, they grow stronger, and becoming stronger, they take hold of their object. Holy desires likewise grow in anticipation. If they do not grow, they are not really desires. Anyone who succeeds in attaining the truth has burned with such a great love. And then Gregory says, as David says, my soul has thirsted, thirsted for the living God. When shall I come and appear before the face of God? And again, from the Songs of Songs, the church says, I was wounded by love, and again, my soul is melted with love. So here we have, woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? She's asked why she's sorrowing, so that her desire might be strengthened. And when she mentions whom she's seeking, her love is kindled all the more ardently. And so Jesus says to her, Mary, and then she recognizes him. Recognize me as I recognize you, for I do not know you as I know others. I know you as yourself. And so Mary at once addressed by name recognizes who is speaking. And she immediately says, Rabboni, teacher, because the one whom she sought, she found. There's that responsorial psalm today for all of us. This is we as a church responding to that first song of songs. And, and it's a beautiful response. As you know, O God, you are my God, for whom I long. My soul is thirsting like a, like a like dry, weird land without water, parched, lifeless. Therefore, thus I have gazed towards you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory, for your kindness is greater than life. My lips shall glorify you. So I will bless you all my life. I will lift up my hands to you. I will call upon your name as with the riches of the banquet shall my soul be satisfied and with the exultant lips my mouth shall praise you. There's that Im there's an imagery of God who gives us himself, Christ, who is Christ to us. We see through the eyes of Mary Magdalene. We see through the eyes of Gregory who looks upon her and look looks upon the Lord who is risen from the dead. Now, so she is the one who not only experiences the, the risen Christ, but because she loves him so much, she is able to see him. For all of us too, Christ is risen. Christ has given us the image, the glimpse of what life beyond the grave looks like. Christ has given us hope that we shall likewise, who follow him, who love him, who desire to be with him, also we will be granted the gift of resurrection. We don't have to be afraid what's beyond the grave. We don't have to 
just uh, you know understand what culture is telling us what what are the good things even you know great nests of gold whatever it may be great you know for one case yes all those things are necessary for our human survival but what we need to do is have this treasure of grace that we welcome into our hearts treasure of grace which is the the, the god's divine mercy love the treasure of grace is prayer the treasure of grace is eucharist above all treasure of grace is the sacraments grace of that comes through the sacrament of penance anointing of the sick the grace is our hope grace is our faith grace is our love that will never end these are the treasures that God is placing before us. And if we live according to his commands, if we live according to his ways, those treasures are treasures are for us. They are for us. God is giving them to us. He's preparing us for all eternity. So what is the, the beautiful gift, that which is out of this world, in more ways than one? Out of this world is our kingdom, the kingdom of God, the paradise that awaits us that which Mary Magdalene, the church, that St. Gregory, all those who preceded us in faith understood and loved, understood and lived for, understood and desired, desired for themselves, but desired for their families. So that's why today, what, what our Lord is asking us, not only to be like Mary Magdalene, you know, yes, healed from, and, 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 and healed from her wound, the wound of, of e e e the effects of evil on her. The Lord had to cast out seven demons from her. She cried for her sinfulness, for that which she did before. And yet this is what she's placed before us as a great model of the one woman who loved so much. And God rewarded her by allowing her to see him risen. God allowed her to be the first one to proclaim the truth of resurrection. She was the one who was the first one to, be, to, to not only experience, but to cling on to him. She didn't want to let him go, as you know. And finally, I'd like to just say is that when I was in the Holy Land for the first time, um, I uh, wanted to celebrate in the Holy Sepulchre or at the at the place where Jesus was crucified at the altar. But as you know, these, these, uh, these places are booked off and for so long you're not able to, to squeeze in. But what was available is the place where Mary Magdalene saw Jesus. And there's an altar, there's a place. And I always had a, a type of a, a deep appreciation, love for Mary Magdalene. I'm not too sure why but she seemed to always be the one who moved my heart in many ways. And so there it was, as I was looking for a place to celebrate the Eucharist in the Holy Land, the place where Jesus was crucified, died, rose. It was precisely the place where the Lord appeared to Magdalene. And I was very happy about that. Yes, I went to the tomb, I went to the sepulcher, I was able to pray there. I was able to do many things and spend a lot of time at the foot of the cross where, the, you know, where Jesus was died. I kind of hid in a corner because you're supposed to move on, move on. But I was there and, and the guards were not bothering me. 
and so I stayed a little longer. But then I had the privilege of celebrating the Eucharist, right, where Jesus appeared. And so this feast today kind of has a little extra meaning for me, to my, for my memories. And I wish that this celebration here for us would also be a special moment of the grace where we draw near to this beautiful servant of God, to this beautiful, beautiful person of faith, truly a one who loved. And God has rewarded her with being able to cling on to him even before and see him before he ascended to the Father, to someone she loved her. May we be inspired by that because in the same way, the depth of our thirst for him, the depth of our long for him will also be rewarded and God will grant us eternal life and eternal joys of heaven with him on account of that desire, on account of that love, on account of our faith, hope, and love. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.